What, what you got a dollar in your pocket? A 20 in your wallet? See me, I'm stacking money. Matter of fact, I let you watch it. Get big, get big, get big, get big. You ain't I don't know about you, but that reminds me of late middle school, early high school. Maybe I'm young, maybe you're old. But that was Get Big, Darrow. Dan Durkin's walk-up song, I believe, today featured on the podcast. But welcome back. I'm a lonely Zach Barnes on this morning track episode. No Michael Epps. Finals week. He's grinding. I understand. But your favorite host, don't tell him I said that, is here anyways. Giving you everything from a huge matchup against the Michigan Wolverines. This was big for the Michigan State Spartans. Taking two out of one from the Wolverines, one of those being on the road. So we're going to run through all of that, kind of the biggest takeaways I noticed from that. And then, as well, we're going to look at the Nebraska series. So maybe not too long of a show for you, but we always say that and it always ends up running long. But, as always, let's get right into it. So, you know, according to Baseball America, they do all the rankings and all the fun stuff, uh, give college baseball the love it deserves. They said Michigan was the team to beat in the Big Ten for 2016. Well. Like I said, MSU did that twice this past weekend and for the third time this year. Dominating, well not dominating, but competing against a tough pitching staff. So that's just incredible, um, this whole series. But we're going to get right into game one where the Spartans did end up losing 4-3 to three in 11 innings. Now you wouldn't think that with Cam View on the mound. Friday always seems like a guarantee win for the Spartans. Well, that wasn't the case. Cam left after one and a third innings pitched. Uh, pitch control was one thing. He was all over the place. Guys were hammering his stuff. A lot of good contact. Two runs right away for the Wolverines off cam. Um, but someone else also pointed out it could have been a blister in his throwing hand that was throwing him off. And so they had to go right to the bullpen because of that. Um, that allowed Walter Borkovich to almost take a starting role again uh, because of this. But we're going to get back to you on that and see what Coach says was up with Cam. Whether that be an injury, whether that be he was just kind of all over the place, you know. It's hard to be perfect, but for him to look as bad as he did, I guess, was uh, uncanny of the the future pro baller. Um, but on the Michigan pitching side, um, this was great stuff for MSU. To be able to somewhat get a hold of one of the top pitching prospects in the Big Ten, the seventh best prospect in the Big Ten overall, uh, Brett Adcock, another guy. You're going to probably see him in the pros one day. A big throwing uh, power guy, left, left, left-handed. left um, You know, and MSU, like so many other times this year, was able to string little things together, um, even on the best of pitchers. You know, on Friday, that was Adcock, and they've done it against Indiana, and they've done it, done it against good Rutgers pitching. Um, just all year, even the best pitchers, Michigan State is kind of able to figure out something and get things going. Um, so, for example, in the fourth with two outs, this is a two-out rally. You know, um, you can't sleep on this team ever, and that's going to be a reoccurring theme in this show. Do not sleep on the Spartans ever. Two outs, down five, whatever it may be, do not sleep on this team. But with two outs in the fourth of game one, uh, Bikina, Bikina single, and then Byers, who has been on fire lately. Um, the transfer is coming up huge. He was good in Florida and South Carolina, kind of took a dip off, and now he's really picking it up again, which is going to be huge. Um especially if Ross Kelly comes back healthy, and we'll speak on depth a little bit later. But Byers and Ross Kelly, the kind of catching duo, will be a part of this depth. But Byers was able to double him, and then Simonton was able to single home a run. Um, now, the problem with this game, Hovis did leave two runners stranded. 
um, which isn't what you want with guys that on the mound like this. Um, it's it's good to strike a guy, you know, as much as you can. You know, you get those runners on, you got to take advantage of it because this guy will make you pay for leaving those runners stranded. You know, he won't give you too many opportunities to score. So Michigan State stranding those runs was crucial, but from a team that wasn't able to hit for the first three innings and they, they were being no hit, it was good to get something. Um, McGuire, double Zach McGuire. Another name to watch out for. We'll speak about him on depth in just a second as well. But he doubled. And then Ando, Royce Ando, who has just been, you know, one of the coldest players on this team, along with his counterpart, Corey Young, have both really struggled to get anything going all year. But he was able to hit a clutch single. And then Brandon Hughes, who has just been an absolutely run run producer all season, and especially of late, was able to single them home. Um, but with bases loaded again, Michigan State was only able to get one run. Um, Adcock ended up actually striking out the side in that inning um, after Michigan State got a run, you know. But that just shows high-pressure situation. The, probably the future pro baller is able to get out of it. Um, you know, Zimmerman was one of those strikeouts, not what you want to see from your guy. And uh, he went out to strike out in a big position later in that game. Um, but we'll talk about Walter Borkovich real quick, how he was able to come in for some solid relief. He's really embracing that role as kind of a bullpen guy in this dominant Michigan State bullpen, this bullpen that has helped this program become a top 10, top 5 even ERA in the country. And Walter Borkovich, you know, it's easy to get discouraged after losing your starting role, but he's been bracing it. He went 5 and a third, three hits and an earned run. Um, really, and sack fly was the only run they got against him, so it wasn't like they were mashing him at all. Um, this pitching staff will keep you in the game, and they're learning that, and that's kind of what they expect to do all year, and they're proving it. But if anything, they're going above and beyond the call of duty. So, you know, Walter Borkovich is just one of the, you know, someone else in that arsenal that could really, you know, that could really help this team out. Um, You know, and once again, the never quit attitude returns from Michigan State. I alluded to that a little earlier. earlier. Uh, but Michigan brings in their pitcher, Lamb. Uh, he's not really a closer guy. Saves are kind of spread all over the board for the Michigan team I was looking at. Um, and that's also kind of the fact they haven't had a lot of save opportunities, and that says something in its own that Michigan, uh, they don't really need that situation because they like to blow out teams. But uh, but when Lamb has pitched for Michigan, he has been solid. So it was good for Zach McGuire to come up big yet again with a leadoff double. Pinch runner comes in, gets bunted over, and then Hughes, single home again. So I'm loving this mixture of bottom of the lineup getting infused with the top of the lineup. Um and that's kind of just speaks on the fact. So we we we've seen Brandon Hughes and Jordan Zimmerman move up to the one-two spot after pretty much being three-four for the most part of the season uh, towards the lower. Now it you're getting it's not for the start of the game to go you know the leadoff guy one-two. It's more of the middle of the game to get run producers at the top of your lineup. So when that you know that occasional time your bottom in the order gets something going, you're not leaving them hanging. You're letting guys. You know, driving runs. And Hughes is a run scorer. Zimmerman is a run scorer. And having those guys 1-2 is crucial. And you'll kind of see that throughout the series um, of how this lineup change that we kind of discussed last week, me and Michael, has been crucial. And it's it really has gotten things going. And it allows the bottom of the order to be productive. So, like, like I said, the never-quit attitude returns. McGuire comes. Uh, and Hughes singles home a run to tie this game. You know, this is in the ninth inning. Don't quit on this team. They will not give up in any game. You know, this is as clutch as it can get. Um, so, yeah, like I said, can't stress enough how, how big it is for Hughes to drive in that run and then also not quit. So Zim came up later 
uh, later in the inning, I believe, or later in the game, and struck out again with big spots. Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say he could be hitting a midseason slump. Like I said, Zimmerman did strike out in another big situation, leaving guys on base. Um, you know, how do you call this a slump? Well, because he's still getting about a hit a game and has had six RBIs since the Notre Dame game just a few weeks ago. So he's still producing. It just doesn't, I guess, as a spectator, as a reporter, as whatever you want to call me, um, it just doesn't seem like it's coming in at the big times. Um, and, you know, that average has dipped below 400, you know, crowd gas. Uh, no, he's hitting below 400. Impossible. <laughs> Jeez, I'm so lonely. Where, where's Michael? Where's my co-host? I need someone. This is going to be me all summer when I'm on the pack, right? Doing my alone show. <laughs> but anyways, so it's hard to say Zimmerman, you know, he just had a rough game and didn't come up big for that team. Um, and, you know, really something I want to point out is this t- they struck out 15 times this game. Zimmerman, two of those. That is uncanny, really. I mean, this is a team that lives off putting the ball in play, making things happen. So striking out in these big situations is not good because this is the team that Hard contact, even if it could be a routine, something could happen. Some error, some misplayed ball, uh, aggressive running, throwing off the defense, whatever it is, getting the ball in play is crucial for this team, and that's how they scored a lot of runs all year. When you strike out 15 times, that's terrible. That's That really is terrible. You're not getting anything going. Um, but it also speaks wonders on how they were able to stay in this game, even with the amount of Ks they had. So, you know, take it as it is. You know, to me, this says Michigan State's a really good team because they don't strike out all too often in most games. 15 was the season high, and they were still able to compete with one of the best teams in the nation with one of the best pitching staffs, one of the best pitchers in the nation. So uh, Bikina also struck out in a big spot later in the game. Um, so, you know, like I said, this is a team that lives off putting on the ball in play, and when they don't, that's kind of why they lost, and that's just the reality of it. But props to them for hanging in there for 11 innings. Uh, it was a classic Dakota Mekas inning in the 11th. He was the one that led up the eventual game-winning run for the Michigan Wolverines. Um, he struck out two, but then, once again, pitches that were left over the plate, you know, that were meant to get whiffs, you know, swing and misses. That's what Mekas lives off of. Were left over the plate and singled. And, you know, a wild pitch, eventually a big strikeout pitch, moved a guy over. Uh, Michigan is quick on their base paths, and so once they got an eventual single, the guy was able to easily score from second. You know, Michigan is another very aggressive team on the base paths, and uh, they made Mekas pay for the wild pitch, and, like I said, leaving those balls over the plate. So Mac, Dakota Mekas is such a is such a talent, and we've talked so much about him and how incredible he is to watch, to see the amount of strikeouts he gets. Almost every single batter he faces gets struck out. You, know, you don't see that anywhere. But, like I said, the ones that are meant to be strikeout pitches, well, sometimes they fail, and they're left over the plate, and they're easy, they're easy, uh, you know, easy singles. So, you know, like I said, hard-fought game, 4-3 to three loss in 11 innings, another extra inning game for Michigan State. And it was on the road. You know, it's tough to go to Ann Arbor anytime and go win that game. Um, but momentum would carry on. And so, um, now game two is an interesting one. Michigan State would end up winning 7-6 in a close one. And uh, welcome to the world of journalism, I guess. But I had this whole story written out um, with the title, Jasky, uh, the pitcher for the Wolverines. Jasky and Wolverines cruise past Spartans. And one of my opening lines was, MSU showing true colors after losing four or five of last Big Ten games. But, man, I forgot what sport I cover, and I forgot what team I was writing for. <laughs> like I said last game, never, and I mean never, count this team out. Um, you, you, I'll, I'll explain later on their big inning, and I'm sure as many of you have heard, but a big eighth inning, once again, that one big inning that me and Michael love to talk about came up again. 
But credit to Oliver Jasky, the Michigan pitcher. He was tough, and really he did run through this lineup to start the game. Was unhittable almost. Uh, three hits, one earned, I believe, in his first seven innings of work, and that was off a home run. So he, he really shut down the MSU offense, who has shown they can get very cold at times and fail to get anything going. Um, but, you know, analytics, like me, if you're into that stuff, I love my analytics. I know for the common fan that may not be your favorite thing, but if you really look at it, once you see that third time through on a pitcher, batting averages go up, earned runs go up. And so this was the third time through for Michigan State, and they got a hold of him. Uh, you just, you know, naturally you just start to hit the guy better because you've seen more pitches. Um, you know, the team mentioned after the game, well, that really wasn't the case. You know, that's, yeah, sure. They, you know, a lot of guys, that's what they feel, but. Um, I'm going to lean on my analytics here. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll start at the beginning of the game. Michigan, like they have so many other times this season, is they get going pretty early, and in the first inning, um, they got a hold of Landon. They were getting good contact. They were hitting him hard, and it was this was kind of uncanny of Ethan Landon, who has been so dominant all season, really stepped into that Saturday role. It was, you know, it went from a guy who... Is he going to be a starting pitcher to, yeah, this guy is up there with Cam View as you can lean on this guy to get you a win on that turning point in the series. Uh, so Landon has really, really kind of, uh, he's been that guy on that Saturday roll. And, uh, but Michigan was able to get a hold of him, and Landon let up his first run since the Rutgers series, which feels like ages ago now. Man, this year is flying by. Um, but, you know, the University of Michigan, their run producer guy, Wenson, he was able to get a run, and then Bruder. Uh, to hit his first home run of the season, and it was a no-doubter, just absolutely jacked. So a lot of good contact in the first inning. Um, but really after that, Landon settled in, and you know you could tell he was upset with himself, and he's like, this is not me, and he kind of cruised. It, you know, He did let up three more runs, which seems like a lot throughout the rest of the game, but really in perspective, after going eight and two-thirds pretty much the whole game, you know, three more isn't that bad. It keeps your team in it, and he was doing the best he can. This is a tough Michigan offense, so it's tough to you completely shut them down anytime. But he, he held his own. He held his own there. And by that I mean, he you know, they got a small ball run uh, in the third inning. That would give them their fourth of the game. And um, then after, you know, later in the game, after a hit batter, a bunt, and a ground out, one would be driven home uh, to a diving Bikina, but who had no avail. So that would give them their fifth run. Uh, the sixth run is, is an interesting one because that came in the ninth inning. Uh, it was questionable whether Landon should even be out there or not. Back-to-back doubles got a run. This put this game in within one. Um, so, but you know, you just count those other two. So, you know, they really had to, Michigan had to scrape for those two runs. So Landon really did hold his own, like I was saying. And then, uh, you know, the bats got going for Michigan state, never give up on this team. Matt Byers extended this hitting streak to 16. Sadly, that would erase the next day on Sunday, but with a home run, you know, that kind of got things going. It was a one, five ball game all of a sudden, but the explosion in the eighth, and this is what Jake boss said, got the offense going. It was the Dan Chimalewski single. Uh, this kid just recorded his first collegiate hit on Friday. So, you know, things are going, and Boss said it's a gut feeling. That's baseball. Sometimes you just got to go on your gut. Simonton wasn't hitting that day. Put him in. You know, kid got his first hit. Maybe he can come up big for a second, and he did. He got a single. But then you can kind of see with the decisions, Ondo to bunt, you know, maybe they're just like, let's just get any, you know, get a run. Just get slowly back into this. Well, after Ondo bunted and it was misplayed by the shortstop and pitcher, all of a sudden you're in business. First and second, no outs. From there, Hughes ropes one to the 340 sign. You know, it had everything except the height, hit the wall. Of course, that's a different ball game if it's a home run. But, you know, it's a 2-5 game all of a sudden. Pitching change. Now you're in their head. 
You're getting to that staff. You're taking the starter out. He's no longer comfortable. Uh, Zimmerman comes in. He walks. The relief pitcher had one job, and he was unable to do it. So now the bases are loaded, and they have another pitching change. So now you're really playing that mental game. In Michigan State, they're grinding away. They're grinding away. They're plugging away. You know, the hits are contagious. No one wants to be that guy to get out. Um, after that, you get a lefty-on-lefty matchup. It's dinked. Sadly, there's a play at the plate. Michigan State would be out at the plate for their first run, and then for their first out, sorry. And then Marty Bikina steps up. And I'll play a quote later on, these ele- on this electric cr- crowd, but this was an incredible moment. Uh, it's a full count. Crowd is stomping. You know, they're banging on the bleachers with their feet. You know, let's go Spartans. Uh, Burkina couldn't ask for a better, you know, just sport moment right there. And the freshman comes up big, drives one right up the middle that scores two more runs. It's 4-5 all of a sudden with first and second and one out. You know, this is this, is this team. They feed off energy. And they're never going to quit. It, it's incredible, and that's another pitching change. So, you know, Michigan State has Michigan in their palm of their hands during this inning. You know, this game looked like it was over 5-0, eighth inning, you know, six outs away, Michigan State's not going to quit. You know, then a ball muffed by the catcher moves runners up. So double play, out of the question. But Byers, who comes up big yet again. He got kind of the rally starting in the seventh inning, but now in the eighth he will single to tie this game. Um, and then Zach McGuire, once again, comes up big. I keep saying that. I'm, I'm repetitive. But this, you know, this is a guy... Yeah, I'll save that. We'll talk about depth later. But Zach McGuire came up big last game, and then he is able to squeak one right at the middle. Infielders are playing in, and uh, it works against them, and that scores two more runs. So now it's not even a one-run lead. It's a two-run lead, 7-5 ball game. Um, You know, the rally ends there, but that is just incredible how they were able to string something together like that, all based off a guy getting a second collegiate hit, a misplayed bunt, and this team is feeling it. No one wants to end the hit parade. We're not stranding these guys. You know, they're not stra- that's what they're saying to themselves in the dugout. You know, we're not going to strand this guy. I don't want to be the one to get out. Let's get this ball going, this train going, and that's that team chemistry again. These, these guys play well together, and they hit well together, and they love it. They love this energy. Um, and then let's just speak on Ethan Landon. So like I said, game got within 7-6 because of uh, the back-to-back doubles. But he came out in the ninth with already 113 pitches under his belt. I spoke to Graham Sykes, the, the recruiting coordinator and assistant coach, um, he says there's this fire in Ethan Landon that you won't find in other guys, and that could be coming from the fact that he was only six foot one fifty in high school, and then all of a sudden hit this growth spurt. He's six five two fifteen now. That's incredible. But you know, he was told he couldn't play at Michigan State. He was told he couldn't play at other places. Of course, he went to Kansas State, another Division one school, which is good for him. But still, that fire is there. People are telling him he can't play. You know, Sykes even admitted, I didn't think the kid was all that good. He said, you know, it's. That, that fire that builds, and he's just such a competitor, you know. And, and when, you know, Matt Byers said, hey, coach, his stuff is looking good, and they went up to him and said, hey, kid, you're going out for the ninth inning. He's like, hell yeah, I am. It's that fire attitude. That's the kind of guys you need on this team that want to compete, that want to win, you know, that want to fight till the last inning, so, you know, to beat that in-state rival, to beat a Big Ten opponent, to beat anyone, to compete for championships. So Ethan Landon has this certain fire, you know, that you build around this team, and, you know, he's frustrated all game. The guys aren't hitting. But, you know, in the dugout, I don't know what's going on there, but you got to see that. That's got to come off of him where it's like, hey, we got a hit for this guy. He's giving his all out there. You know, let's get him back. And they do, and they get six runs in the eighth inning. It's This chemistry is incredible, and you go to practices, and guys are joking. You know, they're joking around. They're messing around. It's just it's a, such a good atmosphere with this team, and they always speak about the hit parades and stuff like that. Fun team to watch, and this game kind of proved it. 
from top to bottom. We'll move into Game 3 quickly. Um, it was kind of consistent run sport throughout the game, something we're not, I guess, entirely used to seeing with Michigan State. We're kind of used to that big inning or one run, you know, early and later and stuff like that. There's consistent run support. Chimalewski, again, that name again, hit, uh, earned another hit, giving him one in each of the games of the series, which is good. You know, he was bunted over. Zim would finally produce again. Finally produce again. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm too hard on the guy. But, uh, you know, it was once again, let the big bats do their job. Chimalewski got the start, batting eighth, you know, bunted over by Ando. Let the bats get gone. Let the top of the order. It speaks again. Once again, that 1-2 is not for the start of the game. It's for later in the game for Brandon Hughes and Jordan Zimmerman to be run drivers for those guys at the bottom of the lineup. And it has worked thus far. So this lineup change has been awesome for Jake Boss Jr. Uh, big fifth inning. Once again, three runs, not as big, but never sleep on these guys. It was with two outs. They proved once again they can get things going with two outs. They can get runs. You know, don't sleep on this team, you know, because they'll make you pay. McGuire came up big again in the sixth, essentially the clinching run. Uh, Michigan would end up scoring four. McGuire hit in the fifth. McGuire finished this series six for 11 with four RBIs uh, and a double in each game. Incredible. Incredible, and we'll talk about him in just a second. I know I keep teasing you. And Borkovich, he got a save. Lowry let up a late a late run. You know, this game became closer, a three-run ball game all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, they were making a push. They got two they got two and one runs in the last, you know, last two innings. So Michigan was not out of it either. They were not quitting. But Walter Borkovich, once again, embracing the bullpen, embracing a save opportunity, and he does. He shuts the door. So Michigan State was in control of this, this, this game pretty much the whole time. But that's that's you know that can't be understated. This is huge for Michigan State. They could look back later in the season and say, "Hey, this was kind of the turning point to go to Ann Arbor and steal a game, steal the series to make it two to three, um, to get ahead of them in the Big Ten standings again, get that rivalry." You know that this this was such a big game on so many levels for them to be able to compete with this top tier team as well with top tier pitching with a really good offense. You know, pitching on so many occasions has proven why it's the best in the nation. Um, you know, the bats, too. They fought all game, once again, against a good, even on the Sunday start. You're not getting a bad pitcher with Michigan. So, like I said, they're going to look back and say, hey, this was a big game. Because, you know, if you lose this, it's what? You're four of six in your last, in all against all the big, big ten games. Yeah, you beat Rutgers, and you beat... Um, Who's another another team they played? Uh, Purdue. You know some of the weaker Big Ten teams, but now you're able to take two of three of arguably one of the best Big Ten teams, and so this could matter a lot going forward. And I can't stress that enough to you. But this was a huge win for them to win seven four on Sunday. Um, right now, before we move into the next segment, we're going to play you a quote from Coach describing the atmosphere of Saturday's home game. Take a listen. It's a great atmosphere, you know. I mean, uh, uh, great atmosphere today. A lot of people here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I think that's again, that's why guys come to Michigan State to play baseball here, to play in, in that type of atmosphere, uh, you know, against a good opponent. And uh, um, you know, both teams are battling for, at the top half of the conference. So once again, that was manager Jake Boss Jr. with a quote on the atmosphere. Man, I always say these sh shows are going to get short, but they got to get longer and longer. I just ramble when I'm by myself, I guess. <laughs> Lots to say. This was a huge series for Michigan State. Um, well, now we're going to move in to my favorite segment that we haven't had in a few weeks, but uh, ball alert! Gosh, I'm such a nerd. 
But baller alert, Zach McGuire. And uh, this will move into my next thing, but depth. Zach McGuire was a guy who started early on the year, wasn't hitting at all, benched, really hadn't even seen the field even to pinch hit for the longest time, and comes up big in one of the biggest series all year, wins Big Ten Player of the Week. Huge for him. Congrats to Zach McGuire for kind of inserting himself back into this lineup and playing a huge role and coming up in all big situations, whether it be a leadoff double or driving in runs. Zach McGuire was your guy to get something going. At the bottom of the lineup, you know, they moved him up, I think, later in Sunday. This guy can bat all around for you and get things going. So props to him. You're my baller alert. Uh, Chimaluski already mentioned him. Joe Mockby uh, didn't talk too much on, uh, on that Sunday matchup, but he was unable to go deep again. I think he is on a pitch count. Only went 80 pitches. Um, sorry, these are my next points, by the way. I'm just kind of rambling after my baller alert. But a Joe Mockby unable to go deep again. Like I said, pitch count. Um, but was still effective, only an earned run. Now, my concern for him is only 44 pitches of those that he threw were strikes. Not good. Less than half, or just over half, sorry. Uh, Got to work on control. You know, it's interesting to see if they're going to keep him as the Sunday starter. I feel like they will because they're kind of easing him into it. Um, you know, four and two-thirds with 80 pitches, so I feel like they're building up that pitch count. We'll see. We'll see, but he's got to work on that control. Uh, another big takeaway I had was... Holding the Michigan Bees, I don't know, I, I don't know if they call them that, but I gave them, gave them that. And the Bees, because it's Bruder, Benedetti, who's a top five Big Ten prospect, and Bivens, all their big hitters. Uh, besides Bivens, they kind of kept control of their big hitters in this lineup, that Michigan State pitching staff. So Bivens went five for eleven with three RBIs, which is really good. So they can't control him at the top of the order. But uh, Bruder three for fourteen, and Benedetti three for thirteen. So those other two big bats, they were able to to contain. Uh, that is a huge takeaway for me. That this pitching staff, no matter who they're facing, no matter how big that bat is, um, they can sit you down. So, uh, depth. Zach McGuire. You know, Simonton not hitting. You get Chimaluski. Alex Troop injured. You know, you got Taylor Grace. You got Zach McGuire. You got guys stepping up that can play. Chad Ross Kelly, injured. Matt Byers, the transfer, steps up. So now you're looking at a pretty thick bench all of a sudden with Grace McGuire, uh, Chimaluski, and Ross Kelly. Uh, and then Corey Young has been swapping in and out as well. So that's five guys right there that can all start, have started, will start, can pinch in, pinch run, do whatever you need late in the game to be an asset to this team. That is so crucial going forward into Big Ten championship play, into College World Series, dare I say. You know, having these guys, you know, one guy's off, move, start someone the next game, or pinch hit for him like Chimaluski has. You know, this is... This is huge for this team. And injuries, yeah, there's, there's bad things, but the silver lining is here is other guys are playing in different positions. Different guys are starting, DHing, whatever it may be. You know, bullpen has gotten really deep. You know, Keegan Barr, Lowry, McCauley, all guys that we weren't really talking about at the beginning of the season now are taking, a, are taking starting roles, are coming in in save situations like McCauley and Lowry. Borkovich, a new bullpen guy. So this team is really deep, and there's a lot of names we can toss around, and that's what makes Michigan State so good. You know, I, I could be Mr. Negative all day, but I'm going to get on this rant right now. You know, I have been. This is a good team, whether that be, you know, scraping across six runs in an inning or playing small ball to get that much-needed tying run or run to put them in within one. Bottom of the order producing. Bullpen shutting the door. Having one of the best starting pitching staffs in the nation. Depth. 
so many things this team does right. And, you know, I can't speak for those big Southern teams in Miami and South Carolina, out West, UCLA. But honestly, on Michigan State's good days, bullpen effective. Starting pitcher goes seven, seven strong. Guys are hitting top to bottom, one through nine. Maybe a big inning in there. This team could compete with the best teams in the country. And they showed that against Michigan, who is one of the top teams in the country. So, man, you know, exciting times here for Michigan State baseball and that Jake Boss squadron. But on that note, we're going to have to let you go. Nebraska coming this weekend. Don't show up to the stadium on Friday because it is graduation, so there is no game. It's going to be Saturday through Monday they'll take on Nebraska. Nebraska, fairly solid team. 9-6 and six in the Big Ten, so they're competing as well. 28-16 and 16 overall. You know, they're not out of it. Everyone's fighting for a spot to play in that Big Ten tournament. Took two out of three of Rutgers last weekend. Beat a good Kansas team. Beat a good Creighton team. They did not fare well against Michigan, losing all three games. Two of three on Northwestern. Two of three against Illinois. Swept Purdue, something Michigan State was able to do. They've played a lot of Wichita states. You know, they played Long Beach State, so they've challenged themselves. Arizona, San Diego, College of Charleston. Yeah, they might be losing these games, but uh, the Huskers have been tested, battle-tested, and that's because they are such a historic program. Uh, you know, the World Series is in Omaha. Uh, so Nebraska's known for baseball. So do not sleep on them one bit. This is going to be another good series. Michigan State's lucky to have them at home. But taking two of three, maybe a sweep at home, I don't know. This is, uh, this is an important series. This is going to be an important series for Big Ten play, for Michigan State trying to take that Big Ten crown. So uh, lots to look forward here going forward. But uh, a lonely Zach Barnes signing off for you. Thanks for listening to Warning Track. Tune in next week. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening. Peace.